Caroline. Lovely to see you. Hi, Justine. How are you? I'm very well. The sun's out here, so all good. Caroline, at the end of last year, just ahead of the start of our 30th year, which is this year, we launched a very ambitious new 10-year strategy, which will take us up to 2031. And it really positioned LEAF as the organisation as really building on our whole framework of integrated farm management, advancing our work in developing and promoting more sustainable farming. We're looking at more regenerative farming systems within the framework of circular agriculture. Today, we were going to just delve a little deeper into the strategy as a whole and our three cross-cutting themes of health, diversity and enrichment set again against our work streams, which still remain the same, facilitating knowledge generation exchange, developing market opportunities through LeafMark and educating and engaging society in more sustainable farming. And we have these eight cross-cutting commitments. And I was just going to ask or start off by asking, how are we going to achieve these ambitions over the next 10 years? I think the great thing is that we've got a legacy of 30 years of a very solid foundation that provides for us the opportunity to, you know, not only make claims, but also identify the areas that we need to strengthen and where we can effectively collaborate and you know, support the, well, what is a global change for driving and really creating positive action against climate change. And so we've got positive climate, we've got positive action for nature, positive action for the economy and positive action for people at the end of the day. And so I think, you know, I'm really heartened by the fact we're we're starting off from a very good place but we know it's going to be a bumpy ride. And so for us, the cross-cutting themes of health, diversity and enrichment are going to be really strong because we can frame that in terms of driving more sustainable agriculture at a farm level through integrated farming approaches, through building on better soil management, nature-based solutions and, and really embracing the sort of the ethos of agroecological and regenerative agriculture within that whole farm aspects, because we can really build on the strength of a very robust market scheme for delivering environmental sustainability with LeafMark. And of course, you know, we have the Leaf Education team with our regional education consultants outreach, and of course, our public engagement through events like Open Farm Sunday and Online Farm Sunday. So that's our sort of starting point. But these eight commitments are in the whole area of, firstly, delivering climate positive solutions, creating beacons of excellence, measuring impact and harmonising metrics, building sustainable food chains, growing education and engaging society, cultivating sustainable health and well-being building connections and scaling up our reach. All of them are very well sort of founded in the work that we do now, but we know, you know, we've got to accelerate, build up the noise and build up the capabilities. You know, I'm very encouraged. The LEAF team are certainly gearing up in the right direction 
for making this happen. And we have had really good feedback from those people, not only that we work with, but people that would like to work with us in the future around these commitments, because they chime well with everybody. I was also interested in why you felt integrated farm management as a framework needed advancing at this particular time? That's a great question, because I think we have looked and continually assessed the sort of the usefulness of integrated farm management. It's really encouraging to hear government, to hear other organisations and to hear the industry at wide talk about the importance of more integrated solutions. So that realisation that single issues are all well and good when you're diving into the detail, but actually at a farm scale and at a system scale, they don't allow for the importance of driving a flexible, practical farming system where we are always going to get some level of trade-offs. And it's knowing what are the trade-offs that are acceptable to society, to the farming practices, to the bottom line, to nature. And so we've been able to really look at that in a lot of detail over the years with integrated farm management. But I think for us, we have tried to start pulling out more of, you know, do we need extra bubbles to kind of add into soil management, crop health, energy use, etc. And should we have a carbon one in particular? But we've recognised that actually that framework is pretty well fit for purpose. It's a logical approach for farmers to look at each part of their business to say, you know, it's like having Jiminy Cricket on your shoulder, you know, it's sort of like, Yay, you're doing a great thing, but it's a little bit of a conscience and sort of just saying, oh, should you be doing that? Or have you thought about this? Could you do that better? And I think that's been, you know, it's been important for us to make sure that it continues to be fit for purpose. But as a consequence, it has meant that we do recognise one, the carbon piece is a, crosses every part of what we do. So it's not sort of entitled to its own bubble, so to speak, but actually the claims and the drive that we need to make in the future do have to deliver against not only the sustainable development goals, but actually, in addition to that, against really positive action for demonstrating at a climate level, at a nature level, for society as a whole and the bottom line. You know, farmers are businesses that are principally producing food, and that is, you know, it is the last thing if, when you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, food and water, pretty essential. So the important role that farmers have in that, I mean, it is their critical role first and foremost. And so going back to your original question, IFM, yes, it, it is fit for purpose, but we need to make sure that we are very clear as to what it can deliver and help support in the four areas of climate, nature, people and economy. And I think the other thing is, you know, over the last few years, we've been working with the Dutch embassy and we've been really interested in the circular agriculture and circular economy approach. And we're doing some work as well with Dame Ellen MacArthur and her work. And this circular agriculture and circular economy approach is so key because at the end of the day we're trying to create a more effective efficient and productive system in virtually anything that we do and so it's trying to make it less leaky 
And as soon as we've achieved and done that, then that's a good thing. But agriculture, you know, we're, we're not working in enclosed environments on the whole. And so there are a lot of external factors that will impact farming in so many ways, mainly nature, whether it be floods, drought, uh, whether it be, you know, swarms of locusts over in Africa and India that they've been subject to. But all of those impacts mean that there are wise decisions that have to be made on a day-to-day basis. So it's just trying to pull in the belt. It would be great to revisit that whole area of what the IFM wheel is going to look like in yet another 10 years time. And you have this great ability, Caroline, for blue skies thinking, but definitely that would be a topic for another time. Definitely. And very much look forward to that. And I think what is so interesting is when you look at things like risks and then there are cascading risks and systemic risks that are all going to be there and they will probably intensify going forwards. That's how we really do as an organisation do the crystal ball gazing, the reading the tea leaves, because if you can identify those risks early on, then you can put solutions. So golly, yes, look forward to that conversation, Justine. Definitely. Anyway, bye for now, Caroline, and thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you.